friends, and welcome back to the Healthier Together podcast. I'm your host, Liz Moody, and I'm a cookbook author and longtime journalist. This podcast is all about helping you live your healthiest, happiest life, whether we're hacking our dopamine to stop being so addicted to our phones and feel more satisfied in everyday life, or we're learning celebrity skincare secrets, or we're finding out the science behind bloat and exactly how to feel better, stat. And yes, those are all very real episodes that we actually have. So if you're interested in any of those topics, definitely explore the archives so that you can listen. Today's conversation is so fun. It's like chatty and girlfriendy, but with so many actionable takeaways. My guest is Mariana Hewitt, and you can probably tell from the interview, but I am such a fan of hers. She's the founder of Summer Fridays, an amazing skincare brand that you can find at summerfridays.com and Sephora, and a mega influencer with over a million followers on Instagram. She also has her own podcast called Life with Mariana, which is one of my favorites. I had so many topics that I wanted to cover with Mariana, so this episode really runs the gamut. She's had such an interesting life, so I wanted to dive into her personal story, but she's also so good at hacking and optimizing her life, so I had to get all of those secrets for you. We talk about how her childhood split between Europe and the U.S. shaped her personality, her favorite parts of getting older, her exact morning and evening routine to feel great, get amazing sleep, and have productive days, exactly how she started Summer Fridays, including all of the like nitty-gritty stuff like figuring out the formulation, fulfillment, getting into Sephora, and more her anxiety struggles and what has helped her the most, her best time-saving hacks, her best hair care tips, including a genius, a genius secret for hair growth that I have never heard before, her best advice for influencers, and so much more. Whether you're into health and beauty hacks or you're interested in the behind the scenes of starting a business or being an influencer, I think that you will absolutely love this episode and find so much value in it. Mariana and I would love to hear from you any thoughts or takeaways that you have as you're listening or any tips that you're going to try. So definitely screenshot and tag me. I am at Liz Moody and at Mariana underscore Hewitt on Instagram. I, for one, ordered those shoes that she recommends in the episode immediately, and I will be reporting back on if they are as comfy as she says on my story, so stay tuned. If you love this episode, please write a quick rating or review on Apple Podcasts. We are just 300 away from my goal of 2,000 reviews, and I have been reading all of the new ones you've been writing, and they make my day. I have also been hearing from so many of you about sharing the podcast or specific episodes with your book club or coworkers or best friends, and I massively appreciate it. Word of mouth is 100% the best way to help support the podcast, and I am so grateful to every single one of you who is out there spreading the word. Okay, let's get right into it with Mariana Hewitt. All right, Mariana, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. I am a huge fan basically of all of the different facets of your work. I feel like you do a million different things and I'm a big fan of all of them. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I would love to start with your childhood, actually. I think it's so interesting that you grew up between Ohio and Germany because that was my dream. I actually ended up living in Germany later in my life, but I was like this small town kid and I would watch the real world Paris and I was be like, oh my God, I want that. That looks so dreamy. So I'm curious how you feel growing up partially in Europe impacted your outlook on life or your personality or your dreams. 
I think there's a few different scenarios. I think had it happened now in my life, it's really different because we have cell phones, we have iPads, you can FaceTime. But at this point, this is like the 90s when I'm there and like into the early 2000s. And as an adult, I appreciate the experience that I had. But when I was younger, I had no cell phone. I had no way to call my friends. There was a time difference. There's no Apple TV. There's no iPad. So there was a handful of shows I could watch on TV that had English subtitles. And I really had to immerse myself in the culture and being around adults. So at the time when I was little, I think I didn't appreciate it as much as I do now because I think it really did form the person and the woman that I am today. It was just difficult going through it. You know, when you're eight years old, you just want to hang out with your friends in the summer. But as an adult, I'm like, wow, what an incredible experience I had to be able to live this bi-continental life. And I think that has formed who I am as an adult and my love of travel and being able to speak to different people and how I connect with different people. And and I'm so fortunate I had that, even though it was it was definitely tough when I was little. Are there any beauty or wellness secrets that you either learned from your travels or that you picked up in your time living abroad? Oh, that's a good question. When I was little, I loved to shop when I went to go see my mom. And a few of the stores that existed there that weren't here yet were H&M and Zara were there. And so I would do all of my back to school shopping there. And I would feel like, oh my gosh, I can't believe these prices, these clothes are so cool. And then we would also go to the body shop. And when I would go to the body shop, I would always get this like little tiny tea tree oil. Their products just smelled so good. I love them so much. And then there was like this very specific green bubble bath that my mom used to get for me. And it smelled so amazing. And it was only in Germany. And I am like so drawn to scent and memory. And I can even envision how it smells right now. And then another really bad habit that I picked up during that time was... I found my mom's pair of tweezers and jet lag mask truly is like my lifestyle because I've been jet lagged since I was little. And in the <laughs> middle of the night, I couldn't fall asleep. And I took tweezers and basically plucked off all of my eyebrows. Oh no. And my mom woke up in the morning and was like, what are you doing? Stop plucking your eyebrows. But it, it was too late, but it was like boredom of just being awake in the middle of the oh, night and no. being left with a pair of tweezers. So I kind of learned from there and I've never fully recovered growing it back. But I love and still love going and shopping in different regions and where I go and even products that people gravitate to regionally or scents that they love. And I love seeing different retailers that maybe even aren't available in the US. So that was always fun. Where do you like to travel to the most now? Oh, well, I haven't got to go much places in the last few years. So right now, currently, I've been like doing more in the US while I feel comfortable like doing that here. And so I've spent so much time in LA, which is where I live and going to New York more frequently. And I've been loving going to Miami. And I love that it's somewhere I can go. It's so warm. Um, There's amazing restaurants. There's beautiful hotels. Every time I go, I just have such a great time. And then internationally, some of my favorite places, I always love Paris. You know, it's just the best place. And growing up in Germany, I have an aunt who lives in Paris. And so on the weekends, we would go to see her. And so it was always a place that I went to, you know, since I was born. I think it was the first place my mom took me after she had me. And it's such a special place. My parents have such like a rich history and relationship with all of the time that they've spent there also. And I'm half Vietnamese and my mom and my aunt and my Vietnamese family speak French. And so uh, it's easy because when I go with my mom, I have my built-in translator with me. And it's, it's such an amazing place. I also love London. I'm a big Europe girl from spending so much time there growing up. And so if I could spend my whole summer in Europe, I would be very happy now. Yeah, it would be amazing. I love your relationship with your parents. I think oh, it's thank you. so sweet. And I love that you travel with them and you take trips with them and all of that. They're like a bit older. They're a bit older when they had you, right? They are. So my mom was 36 when she had me, which at the time 
was much older. Now I think it's a little more acceptable to have kids at that age. I'm 35. I don't have kids yet. And my dad was 49, almost 50. So my parents are much older now. My mom's in her 70s and my dad's in his 80s. And I think that's why I really am mindful about spending time with them and taking trips with them because they are older and they make it very clear to me that they are as well. So I just try to be very mindful because especially with COVID, it made me think like, wow, what's so important to me is my parents' good health and happiness and spending the time with them that I can because we had to skip birthdays and Christmases together. And now that I do have those opportunities, I don't want to take them for granted. And so while my dad still has the energy to travel or my mom wants to go places, I want to do those things with them. And my dad, he always speaks about this trip that he took my grandparents to in their 80s and they're Italian. He took them to Sicily. And now so many years after they've passed, he always brings up the fond memories of this trip. And so right before the pandemic, my dad and I had actually went to Iceland. And I think a good lesson learned here that anyone could apply to their life is there is no perfect time to do anything. And you have to carve out this time for yourself because looking back now, I didn't know we were going to spend two years at home. So had I pushed that trip and just kept making excuses of why I couldn't go, I might have missed the opportunity to do that with my dad. And thankfully, I didn't. And so now I say to myself, I'm just going to do this thing now because... I don't know what's tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. There is no perfect time. We always are so busy with our life and work and all these things. So we have to carve out the time for ourselves of what's important and what really aligns with like what our values are in our life. And for me, it's the friends, my family, the people in my life, the things that bring me joy. And yes, work makes all of those things possible. So I can do those things, but also realizing it's okay if I check out for a few days to do something that I truly feel like I want to do. Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious if my husband, his dad is 93. Oh, he's 94 now. He just had a birthday. I think having an older parent shapes you and your perspective in so many interesting ways. Like I know for him, we have such a greater sense of history and the stories that he tells and the timeline of what your life can look like. And I'm curious if there's any ways that you feel like having an older parent has kind of shaped your perspective on what life looks like. Absolutely. I think they have both given me the gift of hindsight. And they've gone through so much in their lifetimes. Like my dad was born at the end of the Great Depression. So through his lifetime, he didn't even have a television, let alone a phone in his pocket where he could FaceTime me. And so my mom, she immigrated to the US towards the end of the Vietnam War. And so not only through their age and what they've gone through, but the major life events that have happened and news events in the world. And so they've given me so much perspective that when I stress out about something, they're like, Mariana, I survived through this and I did this. You can make it through this hard thing because we've dealt with such harder things with way less resources. And now I see them at an older age and I realize what is important to me today as far as my health and taking care of myself and the relationships. Because when I'm their age, my dad still golfs like five days a week. He goes on so many walks. He reads so many books. Like He's so educated and sharp and witty. And my mom is so full of life. And I want to do everything I can to take care of my health, mind, body, and soul in my 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. So when I get to their age, I can be as active and as healthy as they are. And you would never know their age if they didn't tell you because of how young they believe that they are. And I think that spirit of them has really carried over and taught me so much. And their perspective of because they lost their parents, because they're older, I you know, lost all four of my grandparents. And their perspective of how much they love their parents and what they wish they would have been able to do makes me even more grateful for them, which could go for any relationship or friendship or family member of just really you know, taking the time and reaching out to those that you love. What is your relationship with 
aging. I feel like on TikTok, there's this really big like if you're 30, you're super old and like 20-year-olds are terrified to become 25. And I'm curious, what is your relationship with getting older? Getting older is a blessing. And, you know, 20s are rough. You're like figuring stuff out. You're trying different jobs. You're broke. You're like going through friendships and relationships. And it's hard. And I think from like 28 and 29, things started to get a little bit better. And then from 30 on, every year got better since then. And I wish I knew that when I was in my teens, that the 20s aren't maybe this like dream decade of your life that you're you think that it should be because there's a lot of figuring out that needs to happen in this decade to kind of set you up for the rest of your life. And life is long. So it's okay that it's going to take a few years to figure stuff out. I think the hardest part as a woman aging is that I don't think of my age as much as other people like to remind me of it. And people will say to you all the time, oh, when are you going to have kids? When are you going to do this? Well, first, this is I wouldn't say this to anybody because you truly just don't know what people are going through personally, whether they even want to have kids or maybe they're trying and it's not working for them. And so this pressure that you have on people to do certain things by a certain timeline, it's not really realistic because everyone's timeline is so different. It could be personally, it could be professionally. And I remember when we started Summer Fridays, I was over 30 when we launched the brand. And I thought to myself, darn, like I'll never make Forbes 30 under 30 because I missed the deadline. But it's like, we don't have to have this pressure on ourselves to do things by a certain age because I've got the rest of my lifetime to do so many of the things that I want to accomplish. So I am comfortable with my age, but like anyone, you know, there are certain things where like, oh, I wish where I thought I would have done these things by certain ages. But Unless something needs to happen by a certain deadline, there's no pressure for whatever age you are. I kind of hate things like the Forbes 30 under 30 because it just adds to this putting youth up on a pedestal versus putting... I think there's wonderful things about being in your 20s, particularly mostly that you can mess up all the time and it's okay and you should be doing that. But I also feel like we should be celebrating the wisdom and the learnings that come with experience and age and things like Forbes 30 under 30 go directly against that almost. Yeah, things take time. And it's like, you know, I don't want to take anything away from them because younger people have been able to do incredible things. But I also see the pressure that it puts on young people. And my niece or well, my little cousin, I call her my niece. She's 18. She's a freshman in college. And I saw her the other day uh, for New Year's. And she's so stressed out. And her mom was like, I'm like, why is she so stressed out? She's like, she thinks if she's not successful the day she graduates from college, like she's a failure. And there's this really big pressure. And she thinks that today she's supposed to know what she wants to be when she grows up, the job she wants to have, the interns for the next four years she's going to have lined up. And I'm like, you don't need to have this all figured out right now. But I think with social, she sees so many young, successful people that she feels like if she's not doing that, then she's failing. And so she was like, you need to have a talk with her. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to because... It took me like a decade to figure out exactly like the path I was going to be on. And I also worry about these people just being burnt out by the time they're like 27 because they've been trying to strive and strive and strive rather than using this as your fun exploratory period. I just think it hurts people who are like, wait, I'm 35. Is my life over? And it hurts people who are like 20 and feel like they should have had all of this incredible success, you know, by 22. Yeah. In college, I learned a really good lesson about burnout and stress. And my final semester of college, I was in school, I was working and I was also interning. And I took like over amount 
allowed of credits that semester. I had to get like approved by the school because I wanted to graduate college a semester early. And by the end of the semester, I had a stomach ulcer, which is how bad I physically stressed my body out. I was so sick. I was in so much pain. The only thing I could do was that final semester I would have been in college when I wanted to travel and do stuff before I needed to like start my career. I literally just had to rest and rest was the only thing that I could do to heal myself. And it was a lesson of you can only do so much to your capacity. So even if I could like power through and have a coffee and do those things, my body didn't want me to do those things. So I really do like when I talk about self-care and taking care of myself and all of the things I do in my morning and nighttime routine, it's truly so that I can function the best in the things that I need to do during the day. And self-care and the way that you take care of yourself is so important to how you can function and show up for everybody else. You're listening to the Healthier Together podcast. I am so excited to say this. Today's episode is brought to you by the Healthier Together deck, which is my very first totally self-funded product. This deck is a labor of love, and I am so, so proud of it, not just because of how it turned out, but because of what it's putting out in the world. I get messages from you guys all the time that are like, my husband and I hadn't had a real conversation since we had our baby a year ago, and then we used the deck and reconnected as a couple and not just parents. Or one of you brought it to a bachelorette party and said that she got to know her girlfriends on a whole new level, and it literally made the trip, and people are still talking about it. I got another message from someone who said that she hadn't had a real conversation with her dad in her entire life, and now they do weekly calls, and they use the deck to really get to know each each other as people and not just as a parent and daughter. I get these messages every day and they seriously make me cry and they make me so, so happy. So what is the deck? It's 150 cards designed to go beyond the boring surface stuff and start real conversations with anyone in your life. Strangers on dates. My sister brings it on dates all the time. New friends, old friends, romantic partners, parents, coworkers. There are six categories that sort of tie to the stuff that we talk about here on the podcast. We've got wealth, we've got love, which includes self-love, romantic love, and friendship, well-being, which has all the health and mental health content, adventure and what if, which are the most sort of like irreverent and playful categories, and growing up, which is all about how our families and circumstances shape our lives. I love keeping a pack of these in my car and I have one on my dining table just to break out when we're having dinner or cooking or just any time that you want to take the conversation up a notch without any pressure of coming up with the questions yourself, which as an extroverted introvert is like my dream. It's also so cute. We really designed this to be something that you could leave out like a coffee table book and be excited about being part of your home decor. Like I said, this is fully self-funded, which means that I literally put up my own money to create this product, which was terrifying, but I believed in it that much, and your response has been so gratifying. You can see some sample questions and find out more at htdeck.com. I don't have a code because we made it the absolutely most affordable price that we possibly could so that it could be as accessible to as many people as possible. So it's just $25 full stop. Again, that's htdeck.com. I think this would be such a fun Valentine's Day activity, whether you're doing a date night with a partner or hanging out with girlfriends or as like a hostess gift if you're going to a party. So cute htdeck.com, guys. I promise you will be obsessed. Now, let's get back to the episode. What are the self-care things that you do that feel like tip the needle the most, like make the biggest difference? 
for me from my podcast, I kept interviewing all these people and everyone kept talking about their morning routine. And I'm like, okay, if all these highly successful people have a morning routine, they must be onto something. I read so many books about habits and daily habits and routines. So in the pandemic, I was like, let me try to figure this out for myself. Because usually what I would used to do is I would wake up, open my eyes, grab my phone, start scrolling on Instagram, look at my email inbox and immediately start responding to people. And I felt like from the minute I woke up until I went to sleep, I was just on and I was thinking and I was present for others, but not really taking care of myself. So in the pandemic, I figured out all of these different things. I tested and tried different like combinations of morning routines. I listened to what people said, what suggestions were, and figured out a routine that worked for me. And if you are someone who's trying to figure out your morning routine, you don't need to do my steps because it might not work for you. But find that couple things that work for you best. And the best way is to test and try them and give them like a week or so and see what works best. So I wake up in the morning. The first thing I do is I check my aura ring stats because I think sleep is the most important thing to do anything else. I need to be well rested and have quality sleep every night. So I have like the same kind of sleep and wake schedule. I check my sleep score to make sure I slept enough and I slept really well. And then I meditate. I usually do like a 10, 15 minute meditation in the morning. And then I'll write in my gratitude journal. So I like to start my day with a gratitude mindset so that when I'm doing all the things in my day and I have a really busy to-do list, I'm reminding myself I get to do these things. I don't have to do these things. I am fortunate that I get to be on this podcast, that I get to answer emails, that I have a busy work schedule. And so it really sets my day up with being grateful. After that, I usually like to do a little stretch. And then in the morning, I like to read a nonfiction book, something that's like motivational or self-help or self-development, just kind of get my mind thinking. And then after that, that's when I'll check my phone and check social media. So I haven't checked anything before then. And Jay Shetty was on my podcast and he said, if you wake up in the morning and the first thing you do is uh, open social, it's like letting 50 people into your bedroom all at once with different opinions. And you don't know what thing people are going to tell you the minute you open your phone. So it could be something triggering or jarring or or shocking where you're just starting to wake up and you're letting all of this information into your room. So really carve out this time for yourself before you go check social media, which is hard. But since it's my job, I've kind of given myself that boundary. And then I'll make like tea or coffee or something and shower and get ready for my morning. And having a slow morning for myself makes me so much better through the rest of my day. Like I choose to go to sleep a little bit earlier and wake up earlier to give myself this full hour and a half in the morning to myself. Because if I skip that routine, I feel so frazzled through the rest of my day. And like, I'm just rushing and go, go, go. And I can't really focus. And if I don't have time for the full routine, maybe I'll just condense it. So I'll do like maybe a five minute meditation and just quickly journal. And then I'll listen to a podcast while I get ready instead of reading a book. So I'll I'll condense it if I need to, but it truly just does make me feel my best. I had Chris Bailey who wrote this book called The yes, Productivity. I love Pro- his book. Oh, he's amazing. I had him on the podcast and he said, slow mornings create intentional days. And I just think that's such a nice way to think about it. The rest of your day, you'll actually get time back in some ways by spending the time in the morning because all of your time will be used so much more intentionally. Yeah. It's like been such a game changer for me. And I've done it almost every single morning for over a year now. It was one of my intentions to set for my 2021 goals was to have a consistent morning routine. And so now that my morning routine is down packed, I'm like working on the nighttime routine. And so that's kind of what I've been working on now, but it really is incredible. And I think, you know, we live such busy lives and we have to be present for so many people, partners, children, bosses, coworkers. And so if you can take some time out for yourself morning and night, and then on the weekend, I just try to extend that and do more things of really taking the weekend for myself and try my best not to work on the weekend. 
So when do you work out? Because that's my number one. I feel like if I don't put it in my morning routine, I just won't do it over the course of the day. Like the day will get away from me and I won't work out. But if I put it in my morning routine, then all of a sudden I have a two and a half hour morning routine and I'm not starting work until noon. Yeah. So um, in the morning, I think the best way to kind of squeeze it in is to do 15 minutes. And if you do 15 minutes every day in the morning, that equals like a couple hours that you worked out this week. So instead of trying to find a time of in your schedule to set uh, across like a one hour workout plus 15 minutes to get there and 15 minutes home, if you just schedule a 15 minute little at home one, there's so many amazing apps that I love like Core Club Pilates, Melissa Wood Health, Megan Roop. There's so many great apps to do. You could have like little weights at home and just make it a 15 part of your routine. And like 15 minutes is so doable. And it's like, okay, 15 minutes, it's fine. And then after that, I'll shower and start my day. So you literally just do like a 15 minute workout and you do it every day? I'll do like 15 minute workouts at home. And then I do have a Pilates trainer that I go to in Los Angeles. It's a reformer Pilates class. And at home, I got so used to working out that now I'm like, oh, it's such a big time commitment to go. But I really do enjoy my time going there too. And I'm not like a big hit workout person. I don't like workouts that make me feel stressed out or like very difficult. I like strength training, small movements where I just feel strong and lean and really working on like my posture and my mobility. And so that's why I really like to take the time to go there. But it's definitely more of a commitment to go to an hour long class somewhere. You said that you're working on your nighttime routine. Like where are we at with that right now? Yes. So I know that my nighttime routine is very important. It's just hard because at night I want to like watch TV and scroll on my phone. And I just felt like I could scroll forever. It's my job, but it's truly because I love being on social media. Like I love what I see on Instagram. I could scroll on TikTok for hours. I could watch YouTube videos the entire time I'm eating or cooking or doing anything because I just love consuming content and seeing what other people are doing but I know I can't do that till the second I go to sleep. So right now I kind of start winding down at the end of the day. I have a peppermint tea after I finish eating. I try to not eat like two to three hours before I go to bed. So I give enough time to digest my food. Then I'll have a magnesium powder. I either like calm or I like moon juice and I'll have like a scoop of that and some water. Then I do like my whole skincare routine, brush my teeth, tongue scraper, floss, all of that. And something I just tried recently start doing is doing like a nighttime shower. I'm usually like a morning shower person, but trying to like relax myself before I go to bed, even if it's like a quick shower, just like get my mind kind of like going. I dim all of my lights a few hours before I go to sleep. So I have like no bright lights everywhere. Everything's like kind of calm and dim. And then I'll get in bed and then I read for usually 15 minutes. At night, I read a fiction book. Right now I'm reading Malibu Rising. I usually like a fiction book before I go to sleep. So it's not a self-help book or self-development book. So I'm not overly thinking about like all the ways I want to improve my life. It's just kind of like an escape into a story. And I'll read and then I have the hatch light. So there's like a nighttime sequence you can do on there. And so you set it on your phone and it'll have like a amber type of light so that you have dim lighting before you go to sleep. And it'll be for 15 minutes. You could sit anytime you want. Then it'll go into like a nighttime meditation or like breathing exercise that will play for about 15 minutes. And so I lay, and then it forces me to get off my phone, close my book, because sometimes the books are so good, I don't want to put them down. <laughs> and then I'll go through these breathing exercises and really help breathe and like just relax myself and then fall asleep. So that whole like evening routine 
once I get in bed is about a half an hour. And then I sleep at about 67 degrees every night. So when I was in college, I interned at the Cleveland Clinic and there was a sleep study that they had done when I was there. And it was saying the optimal sleep temperatures were like, you know, in the like mid 60s. So ever since then, I've been sleeping at very cool temperatures and it really helps me so much. And I'm such a nerd, like with my aura ring, I check my stats. And if your body temperature is elevated while you're sleeping, you're not really getting the best quality sleep that you could. So sleeping at cooler temperatures for me is really important. And if you're someone who does it, maybe just change it to get a little bit cooler right before you get in bed so that it's like working on getting colder while you're in bed. And then that way it's cold while you're sleeping. And then I like to just have like covers and stuff over me. So that's my evening routine currently. And then I just keep trying to like change and do little things to see like, how can I get my optimal sleep? How can I have a consistent sleep and wake schedule so that I can feel my best the next day? So how does that fit in with a friend wants to go out to dinner or you have an event? Like how do you fit your social life or you have a date? How does that fit into it? Okay. So that's difficult because last night we had dinner. So we have a, I have a skincare line. It's called Summer Fridays. We saw at Sephora and some of our team from Sephora was here and they wanted to go to dinner. And dinner was at six, which I was like, great, early dinner. But we ended up being there for two and a half hours. So by that time I got home, it was nearly nine o'clock. And so that was a really late night for me. And so as soon as I got home, I just showered and did everything and got in bed. With events, it's a little bit more difficult. So tonight, for example, I'm going and they're having a cocktail hour before the dinner. And so I'm just going to the cocktail hour and I'm not staying for the dinner portion so that I can stay and I can support because I want to be there to support brands that I love or my friends or brand partners that I work with. But then I can stay there for the cocktail hour and then leave before everybody sits down for dinner because a lot of time with dinners, the pace sometimes at events can be a little bit slower or it's not food that maybe aligns with the things that I'm eating at that time. And so I have to be comfortable with saying no to things. And I think when you're trying to take care of yourself, boundaries are there to not only help you, but it's really to help and be there for other people. And hopefully people understand and respect that. So for me saying no to things is because I'm trying to do everything I can to show up for you. So I could say no altogether, like I can't come to this event, but my boundary is, okay, I can come. I want to be there to support during this hour, but I can't stay for this other part of it. And being comfortable with saying no is something that I've gotten more used to as I've gotten a little bit older, but I know I cannot do all the areas of my life personally and professionally if I said yes to everything. And a lot of times I say no to stuff that I really want to go to, that I really want to do, that I really want to support. But there's only so many hours in the day and I don't ever want to go back to that point where like I feel physically ill because I'm trying to burn myself out to please everybody else. Is there any part of your life right now that you're like, I just don't have time to fit in a social life or like any part that you feel like it doesn't fit right now, but that's okay. That's just the season that you're in. The last few years had been really hard just finding time for friends. And with Summer Fridays, we are just approaching our fourth year and our team is growing slowly and we have more of a team now. But in the first few years, when you start your own business, you're doing everything yourself. There's not enough employees. There's not enough people. So any job big or small, you do it from... It's funny because as a founder, you kind of... You're doing the smallest thing like approving the subject line for an email, but then you're also doing the biggest thing like making a decision on a purchase order. And so no thing is too big or too small, but that's kind of the sacrifice that you make 
for your own business and your own baby in that time of, of life. And so anytime I had outside of that, it was like the priority of the closest people to me. And then I, I wasn't able to do a lot of the other things I wanted to now. But one of my intentions for 2022 is making sure I connect with my friends. And it's so easy to say, oh, I don't feel like driving there. I don't want to go there. I'm tired. But I need to schedule that time because personal relationships and community is so important. And yes, it's nice to connect with friends on social and see what they're doing on Instagram, but it it doesn't replace IRL interactions and seeing my friends in person and connecting and really spending time with them. So it's something I'm trying to get better about. It's just difficult. So that's when I try to multitask my things. So if I want to see my best friend, I might say, oh, do you want to come to Pilates with me? So when I have to go be there for an hour, I also get to spend time with my best friend at the same time, or I'm going to go run an errand. Do you want to come with me? So trying to find ways to batch things together. You're listening to the Healthier Together podcast. Using protein in green smoothies is key. Protein is the most satiating macronutrient, so making sure there's a good amount of protein in your smoothies is the best way to avoid that mid-morning crash and make sure that you are full and happy through lunchtime. I've tried pretty much every protein powder on the market, and there are only a few that I like enough to keep stocked in my kitchen to use in all of my green smoothies, and I am so excited to introduce you to one of them today. Meet Clean Lean Protein by New Zest. New Zest is made from European golden peas and extracted using this awesome, patented, chemical-free technique that ensures the texture is super smooth and not gritty or gross like so many protein powders, and is easy on the stomach because it also takes care of the digestive irritants. It's regularly tested for gluten, soy, dairy, heavy metals, and pesticides. You can rest assured that what you are enjoying is safe. And it's got a 98% digestibility rating, which means it's gentle on your gut and the protein on the label is actually being absorbed and assimilated by your body. Unlike most protein powders, they don't use any gums, emulsifiers, or stabilizers, which hugely helps with flavor and make sure that there is nothing in there that can irritate your gut. Currently, I am obsessed with their digestive support line. They have a probiotic vanilla and a probiotic cacao. The vanilla gets its flavor from organic vanilla beans and is lightly sweetened with just a touch of organic coconut sugar. The cacao has just organic coconut sugar and cacao powder, and they both have probiotics and L-glutamine, which is one of my favorite gut health supplements. Newzest is one of the only brands I've found that actually tastes good in my daily green smoothies, and I'm a huge believer in not suffering through anything that's not enjoyable in the name of health. It makes my gut feel good, and it helps my blood sugar stay super stable so that I can be energized and ready for my day. Basically, if you are looking for a protein that has everything you want and nothing you don't, Newzest will be your new go-to. And of course, I've got an amazing deal for you. Head to newsest.us slash Liz and use code LizM for 20% off your order. Again, that's newsest, N-U-Z-E-S-T dot U-S slash Liz, and the code is LizM for 20% off your order. I cannot wait for you to try this protein powder. I know that you are going to be as obsessed as I am. Now, let's get back to the episode. Do you have any tips for people who want to either like become more connected like that tip with being more connected with your current friends, but also do you have any tips for making new friends and sort of growing your network at in your 20s or in your 30s when you're not in school and you don't have those like easy connections anymore? 
I didn't have any easy connections when I moved to Los Angeles. You know, coming from Ohio, it wasn't like I knew anybody that was here. And social media isn't was it what it is today. And so it was really difficult to not only make friends, but to network and keep in touch with people. I think at this point, Facebook was called like the Facebook. <laughs> and they were like dropping the the at that time. So that's how long ago this was. And so now I think it's so much easier to find if there's any career path or business or type of expert or something in the field that you're interested in, there is somebody on TikTok. Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, who is in that field who wants to connect with you. And so social media is a place to be social. So don't be shy about connecting with people. And you could never know where a DM might lead you. And then I think a really fun thing that I've been seeing too on TikTok is I see girls say like, I live in San Francisco. I love Pilates and going for walks and eating vegan food. And if you guys do too, like drop your handle. And it's so many people that are able to connect that way. And it's like, wow, what a fun way to find people who are targeted and the things that you love and to put yourself out there to make new friends. And you can go meet at a public place where it's safe or meet with a group of people. And you never know what other people you can connect with and find like-minded people who have the same interests as you. And so putting yourself out there and not being shy and, and just connecting on social is really such a great way. Yeah, I love that too. I think I sent my sister that because she's in San Francisco and I'm like, look, you could be friends with this one girl. (laughs) Yeah, but it's great though because you really can find people and I think it's such a great way. I don't know if there is one. I'm sure there is like, you know, one of these dating apps like Tinder or something, but I know Bumble had Bumble BFF, but like different apps that you can meet friends and connect with people on. Do you do the dating app game? I don't. I'm curious. So I heard you say on a podcast that when you were younger, you thought that like having it all at this age would be being married and having kids. And now you have this incredibly successful career. Everybody looks up to you as an entrepreneur and like a mega influencer, but you don't have the getting married and having kids part. And I have so many girlfriends who have are like in that exact same position. They feel so good about their careers, but they really struggle with both the societal pressure of they're not getting married and having kids and then also sort of that internal narrative that they had their whole life. So I'm curious how you deal with that. The societal pressure is definitely very difficult. My parents are not shy to be like, we would like some more grandkids. Like, so they, and my dad's always like, you're not getting any younger. So I've definitely hear that from my family all of the time. And it's interesting because I hear on social all the time, two girls are always like, oh, when are you going to get married? Are you going to have kids? And it's like not even something I'm thinking about. But I think what, what we have to realize is that it's okay to want these things. Like, you know, so many of us grow up to want that and that's okay. And it's okay to long for those things, but still be happy in the present moment that we're at in our lives today. Just because you're married or have kids, this is not the end all be all to things or what will bring you happiness because it's not guaranteed that you're going to marry somebody and instantly your life is going to change and you're going to be like this happier person. It might be more difficult as you add those relationships into your life. There's so much more that becomes complicated. And yes, there are so many great things that come to that. But I think what we have to realize is Be happy where we are today in this season of life that we're in because this is the only time that we're going to have that. And you can be happy today and still want these things in the future, but don't delay your happiness today waiting to be happy for this thing that's going to happen because that is not a guaranteed happiness. And it's going to put so much pressure on your future partner if they believe that you have to get married or have kids to bring you happiness. So that can be an added level of happiness and the happiness can continue to grow as you add on these more milestones in your lifetime. But but I really believe like, you know, my parents are divorced and they've taught me so much. You can't rely on other people for your happiness. You have to 
do that for yourself. And so I think we talked earlier about hindsight from my parents and they've shown me like, you know, they've been married, they've been divorced, they've been remarried again. And I see through what they've taught me that you have to be happy in your own life, in your relationships and your friendships. But I do know that having kids and grandkids is like their greatest joy in their life. So I also know that that's something I want to come, you know, sometime in the future. But I'm definitely just loving this phase of my life for now. I also think it's powerful. I think maybe it could be even like a good use of social media is to expose yourself to different narratives. I had this neuroscientist on the podcast and she was talking about how insidious this single narrative that we're fed, basically our whole lives, happiness is meeting a partner and the riding off into the sunset with them. And we're just fed that over and over and over. And so it's no surprise that when we get older, if we're lacking that, we're like, oh, I've failed. I can't be happy. And I think the more we expose ourselves to these different narratives of what a good life looks like, the more we allow ourselves to embrace different elements of a good life. Yeah. Unfortunately, too, at like the age that I'm at now is I've seen a lot of friends or peers or people I know recently who have gone through phases of now getting divorced. And I spent my 20s looking up to these women of saying like, oh my gosh, I wish like their marriage looks amazing. Like it's so perfect. Like look at their kids on Instagram. Like, oh my gosh, they get to travel together. And I kept looking at them thinking to myself like, wow, I just wish I had that for myself. I don't right now. And then now I've seen the reality was their marriage wasn't great. And so we really cannot compare ourselves to that. And so I know it's so hard because people want to post like the best moments on Instagram, but I think what's kind of happened in a shift on social in the last few years is people are more vulnerable and they want to share things. And so they've been able to share now like, oh, my relationship wasn't as great as it looked. And so I think now people are a little bit more aware, but it's hard because you want to, you know, create these Pinterest boards of like this beautiful life and the things that you want to create for yourself. And it's great to manifest and have those intentions for yourself, but also know everything you see online isn't exactly what it looks like. And so try your best not to compare, you know, your journey to theirs. I love the idea that you mentioned of sort of like being responsible for your own happiness. I'm curious, we've like talked about your routines, which I feel like are about productivity and like getting everything done. And they have that element of happiness. But I'm curious if there's anything else that you incorporate into your life that's just for the joy to feel good. Okay, so this is so difficult for myself. And I think for so many other people, And we've come to a place, I think, where so many of us find that we want to make our careers a thing that we love. But the moment that we choose to make it our career, it takes a little bit of the joy and happiness out of it because now it's work. And I know a lot of people see now like, oh, I want to be an influencer, a content creator, or start a business. And I would just say my advice to you is like, you really think about it before, because if you love cooking so much and you love cooking for your family, and then all of a sudden you open a restaurant, you might not look like cooking for your family anymore because the joy of cooking a meal and like the satisfaction of your family sitting around together enjoying that meal isn't there anymore. And so I try my hardest and it's really difficult to not monetize every area of my life and the things that I love so that I have some things that I just truly enjoy just for the sake of like enjoying doing them. And it's hard because I want to share everything. I want to share everything online. So I do try to have time for myself on the weekend and block time out. So something that's been really helpful for me is on the weekend, I take one day off social where I just do things for the sake of just doing them. I go on my walks. I go to the beach. I go to the grocery store. I just do things without feeling the need of posting them. And that's really brought the joy back to me. So I'm not doing things to create content. 
I'm going to this place because I genuinely want to go to this place, not because I'm going to put on a cute outfit and like share it while I'm there. Even though I'd love to share, or maybe I take a picture and I post it like the next day, but I have to carve out the time for myself because my life is online. It is, it is social. I do have to have some sort of boundary and separation from like work and what I'm just genuinely like doing and enjoying and loving. And the same goes for trips and travel. And I love traveling. Like it's really one of the things that brings me so much joy. But what also brings me joy is sharing my recommendations with people and then someone going to the favorite restaurant that I shared in some city and they loved it and it's now one of their favorite meals they've ever had in their life. And that brings me so much joy, but it's a balance of being present while I'm traveling because I love it and enjoying it and finding time to share it in a way that is respectful of the people that I'm with. So I'm not taking away from being present. And so it's hard. It's definitely a hard thing of like balancing the two. I heard with travel, was this you? It might be you where you like do a bunch of content like on the first day of the trip or something so that you don't have to shoot content on other days? Yes. So I was in Paris last September and I rented like a van, basically like a big taxi for the day. I put a bunch of clothes in there. I went around to different places around the city. I changed in the car. I took all of my content. Then the rest of the trip, I could take stuff in the moment if I felt like it, but I didn't feel like I needed to go get the shot and get the picture and like waste so much time every day, like trying to get the perfect shot. And so it's really helped me so much. And yes, this is my career. So it's a little bit different that I'm like pre-planning that much. Oh no, but she- my <laughs> sister would do that. Like my sister is absolutely not ever good. She's a psychologist, but she would absolutely, we take more pictures of her than she takes of me. And like, I'm like, go do that for a day, Katie. And then we can enjoy the rest of the trip together. Yeah. It makes it nice because then the other days, like I don't feel like I have to get ready and get up and do my hair and makeup and put on a cute outfit. Like I can really just get up and go do the things I want to do without having to think like, okay, did I bring a pair of walking shoes? But did I bring a pair of shoes that I want to take a picture in? And I don't want to have to think like that. I really want to enjoy where I am and not feel like I have to like take a photo of everything that I'm doing. And that's really allowed me to have, you know, an enjoyable vacation where I'm still creating content and then sharing value to my audience and my followers because I truly get so much joy out of that. But also being like, okay, this is a vacation. It's not a work trip. Okay, wait. So how does that... I feel like I'm super on board with that back in the days where I feel like photo was being prioritized by Instagram, but now everything is video and switching to video and it feels like you can't content batch in the same way. You can. You could just take a bunch of videos. Like you don't have to post stories in real time. Nobody knows where you actually are. A lot of times I don't post something until after I leave from somewhere. So I'm not actually at the place when I'm posting that I'm at the place. And then I took so many videos of things when I was in Paris this last summer and I didn't post a lot of them. And then a few months ago, I was bored and I was like, oh, I need some content to post. And I just made like a reel on Instagram and then I posted it. And then I made a TikTok of like, one of the restaurants that I went to and I posted that clip and it was months later. And so I had all this content, not even knowing what I might do with it, but I took enough videos of myself walking around as I was taking those outfit pictures of the places I was eating, of sites I was driving by. And then I could just pull out my phone for a second, take the video, put my phone away. And I could just plan later what kind of content I wanted to do with the video that I captured instead of being like, okay, I have to get these shots every day. Mm, That makes sense. Something nice about video too is that it's not just like you're taking 400 photos trying to find a good one. You just kind of take a quick video, capture a scene and then like move on. Yeah. And anything can have a voiceover. So you don't have to talk as you're filming it. So you could always put together 20 clips later and then do a voiceover of like explaining what it is that you're watching and where and like context to the video and then adding like cute music. You're listening to the Healthier Together podcast. 
Our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 by Athletic Greens maybe five years ago because I was traveling a lot and I wanted an alternative to green smoothies when I was on the go. I actually don't think that I've taken a trip without it since because it makes such a difference with travel constipation. I went from having constant gut problems on trips to being able to poop regularly and also still feeling energized even though when I travel, I'm usually mainlining croissants like five times a day. The energy element is the main reason I started to bring it into my daily life. As I'm sure you're very sick of hearing me say, I don't drink coffee or any type of caffeinated tea in the morning. It just messes with my anxiety too much and it makes me feel jittery and then crashy later. Now, when I feel sluggish in the morning, I mix a scoop of AG1 into water and chug it down. It's honestly like instant energy. And unlike caffeine, it's real energy that comes from flooding your body with nutrients, not stealing from your adrenals. So there's no jitters, no crash, nothing. Just this feeling of like vim and vigor and being ready to take on the day. AG1 has 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens that were specifically selected to support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. And maybe even more importantly, they actually use clinically researched amounts of everything they include. So you're actually getting the studied benefits. I checked on that because a lot of times, even if it actually says something on the package, it's like such a tiny pinch that it's basically just marketing. It also has less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, and no artificial anything. And they're third-party tested, which is always so important to look for. I know you're going to ask how it tastes, and I'm going to be honest, I actually love it. It tastes a little sweet, a little grassy, and really bright and fresh. I'd say it's like a really good green juice. I've also come to crave the flavor simply because I associate it with making me feel so good. I've basically pavlobbed myself. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash healthier together. I love the travel packs. I keep one with me at pretty much all times, and the vitamin D3 and K2 is amazing. You actually want to make sure that you look for K2 with your D3 because the K2 helps the D transport calcium to your bones where it's needed rather than calcifying in your arteries. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash healthier together to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Now let's get back to the episode. Okay, let's talk about summer Fridays. I have heard the story. It's like kind of a a lore story at this point about how you and Lauren wanted to start a clean beauty company. She was pregnant. You wanted to make something really aesthetic and beautiful. And I love it. But I am so curious about the granular, like the minutia. So you have this idea. How did you know where to start? What the first thing to do was? Or how do you get funding? How do you know how to formulate a product or do fulfillment? It's very challenging at the beginning because we didn't know anything. You know, we had never started a business before. We didn't have this as a background, but thankfully Google has just about every resource. And the best thing is like, once you start reaching out and cold calling to people and you get one contact at one lab, they'll, you'll say, okay, I'm also looking for this, this, and this, or they'll say, okay, do you have somebody that does this? And we're like, actually, no, we don't. And then they'll say, okay, we have this recommendation. So it's like this chain reaction of like, once you get one foot in the door somewhere, it can start connecting to other people. And so 
the first thing is, okay, we want to start a skincare line. What do we want to create? And with jet lag masks specifically, we came up with the name before we even started like coming up with like the concept of the product. So we were like, okay, we want to make a jet lag mask because like we're so jet lagged and tired and traveling and doing all these things. Okay, now that this is the name of the product, we're trying to get to our end result. What does it do? What does it feel like? What are the results? What kind of ingredients do we want in it? And so we went on Google, we started searching skincare labs and called places. And if you are someone who's searching for skincare labs online, don't be disappointed by people's websites. They're not going to have the most beautiful websites. And sometimes the best labs have websites that look like they might be fake. Like they were, it's like, is this a legit website? Like, is this a real company? But they really are. They're just like, that's not where they're spending their time and resources. And so we would put like on these forms, we would reach out to people. And then we kept getting connected with a lot of people. They would take our calls and, you know, some people wouldn't take us seriously. And then a lot of these places have minimum order quantities. So you would have to make thousands of something at this point, we're launching a direct to consumer brand. We're self-funded we don't know how much we could sell of something. We have an idea from being influencers about like how much product we could sell, like units, price point. And so eventually we got connected to a place and then we told them the idea of jet lag mass. We started working on it and they said, okay, well, we'll do you guys a favor. We'll do this smaller run of this X thousands amount of units. You're going to commit to doing these later. So you'll eventually get to this full number, but it maybe will just be split up. So we could do a little bit now and a little bit later. So we were working on the brand. We started working on Summer Fridays in 2016. Um, by the end of 2017, we were getting ready to launch early 2018. But it was our dream to launch at Sephora. It was like, we really, really wanted to launch there. I just, I'm such a Sephora girl. I can't go in there without filling up my basket and walking out with like a ton of stuff. Like I truly just am such a product junkie. And we walked around one of the stores before we launched and we were like, we can see our brand here. We can see our product here. We could envision it. And at Sephora to be on shelf, you have to have a box. And so we weren't planning on having boxes because we didn't really need it. It was an extra cost, but we thought let's make a box for our mask just in case they want to carry us. And at this point we hadn't even been connected with them yet. So Jen Atkin is a friend of mine, founder of Way, and she connected me with Sephora and I had a call with them and they were like, Oh, we see something here. And so sent them a sample of jet lag mask and a few months pass and they still hadn't asked us to come meet with them. And we just reached out and we were like, we're going to be in San Francisco if you guys would love to meet. And we just like proactively put ourselves out there and we met with them. They ended up coming on board and wanting to carry us in our one product. And we pushed the, the launch back a few months to be able to support them. We increased the purchase order, which ended up getting us well beyond that initial purchase order that the lab was willing to make uh, the exception for us and launched and sold out, became a bestseller and is still the number one face mask at Sephora four years later. It's crazy. It's so crazy. It's a very crazy story. And I think if you are somebody who's starting a company or trying to put yourself out there, we didn't know where to begin. We didn't have this background, but we figured it out. And just think, take things one step at a time. And you really truly never know where something will lead you if you really feel passionate about doing something. And so don't be worried that you don't have connections or that you don't know where to start. You'll figure it out as you go. And the hardest thing is to just begin. How important do you think the connections part is? Like, I think there's this sort of split advice of remember to say no, take time for yourself. But then also there's this idea that like, if you're friends with Jen Atkin, she can introduce you to Sephora. And then maybe if you go to this event, you go to this dinner, you can meet Jen Atkin, who can later introduce you to Sephora. So I'm curious how much you think knowing people 
either back at the beginning or like even now, how much do you think knowing people matters when you're trying to start something versus the product and the hustle and all of that? So knowing people definitely helps to get your foot in the door, but it is not a guarantee. So there are plenty of people who know a lot of people, celebrities, people who have raised a lot of money who are trying to get into retail or start companies. And it's no guarantee that something's going to be successful. How many brands or product lines have we seen from so many people that come out that maybe don't do as well as they had hoped that they did? It definitely helps so much to get your foot in the door, but it's not a guarantee for success. I've been so grateful to have an incredible group of women around me who have supported me. And I don't think I would be where I was today if it wasn't for their help. But that took a long time to get to where I am. But I have so many other friends who didn't know anyone who came from backgrounds like being bankers or working at like traditional companies where they wanted to start a beauty brand or a fashion brand and just figured it out without knowing anyone and got their foot in the door and and made it happen. And so because of social media now, I think the barrier to entry is so much lower than before because if you have a great product and you share it on TikTok and this product goes viral, you could have customers all over the world without having to spend a dollar on marketing. And so that opportunity and like that could get you know, visibility from a retailer. So if your dream retailer is Sephora and they see your product going viral over and over again on TikTok, they might call you and say, we'd love to carry you. And it has nothing to do with connections. It doesn't have anything to do with, you know, how much money you raised or any of these things. It's just you had a great product and people are paying attention to it. And so use those free resources to your advantage. And so if you need to gift people and set aside a certain allocation to gift people to hopefully get on their pages. And you never know, like there's so many people that DM me and, you know, I pass on a lot of gifting because I try not to be wasteful. But if I see a brand that's really amazing, if they're brand new, I'm like, yes, I'd love that. Like, please send it because this looks beautiful. I'd love to try it. And I see so many new brands on TikTok all the time of stuff like I just buy. There was one specifically, I think it's called Crease Piece. I saw it on there and I ordered it and then she had sold out because her like, video of her using this product on herself went viral. And I love to see that that's possible right now today on social. Wait, what is that? It's you put it over your eyes so that you could do like the perfect cut crease on your eyelashes or like when you're putting on your mascara, the mascara doesn't get on your lid. And it's just like a little handle with like a half moon on the end so that you could just apply it to your eye and it makes it like foolproof to apply eyeshadow. And I saw it and I was like, this is genius. Why didn't I ever think of this before? But had I not seen it go viral on TikTok, I mean, I would have never found her brand, but she was able to, to market it to me without even having to spend any money. So if somebody's listening and they're like, how much time should I spend trying to grow my network and how much time should I spend trying to work and develop my product, what would you tell them? It goes hand in hand, but if your product isn't good, it doesn't matter how much networking you're doing. So you could do all the networking in the world and know all these people, but if the product whatever you're trying to sell is not great, it's not going to be helpful. And so product is king. Like that really is so important. And you need to have a great quality thing because sure, my friends might have supported me and wanted to share jet lag mask the first time I sent them a product, but they wouldn't continually post it and share it if it wasn't actually good. You could only ask your friends for so many favors and that networking can only go so far. And you have to think like my network of friends, they get so much gifting and so much product they can't possibly share everything. And so I want to make sure that each thing that comes out really is so good. And the product has to be most important. But networking really is important too. And um, you never know. And, and it doesn't just go for people who are someone you aspire to be like or someone that you look up to. 
Networking is also really important with your peers because you guys are all coming up at the same time and you never know where you're going to land. So there's so many friends of mine who are the same age and we all started kind of like blogging and doing things at the same time. And they have great careers now or they've started other businesses, but you should see your peers as also people who could help you in the future and not just looking up to like your bosses or managers as someone who could help you because you never know where other people could land. How do you get over that feeling when you're just like coming up with the idea of a product of, oh, well, there's a zillion beauty products out there. And like if L'Oreal wanted to launch a jet lag mask, they could, and it'll take them way less time. And that'll be out in the market before we can even get our product out. Like, how do you know this is the one, this is worth spending two years on doing and getting over that fear of the competition? There's always going to be competition, either brands and products that have come out before or brands and products come out in the future. A lot of us aren't inventing something new. There's already similar things that exist, but there's so many ways to make your brand or product unique. Is it the where, where you sell it? So is it only direct to consumer? Is it the retail that it's available at? So is it at a specific beauty retailer? Is it only online? Is it the way that you sell to people? Is it through social selling? Like, are you focusing more on TikTok? Um, it's also your price point. So your price point could be really different. So Maybe another skincare brand makes the same thing as jet lag mask, but it costs $300. So our point of differentiation is that the price point is different and more affordable than maybe a competitive product. We're getting a similar result, but the price point is different. Or you love the branding and the packaging or what we stand for. And so for us, we're vegan, cruelty-free. We have sustainable packaging, a recycling program. So maybe we align with your values and where another brand could make a similar product, their values don't align with the things that are important to you. And so there's so many ways to make your brand and product different and stand out. And that's why I think you try not to copy what other people are doing and do your own thing. Because if you're just copying them, their customers are just going to go to them and they're not going to come to you if you're just doing the same thing as them. So I think those things are really helpful. And then you can't really worry about what other people are doing because even if somebody comes out with something first or second or whatever, there's always going to be copycats who do similar things to it. So you just have to like really stand by and realize that you want to do something because it truly is what you want to do for your brand. And you're not just like copying what somebody else is doing for the sake of like having a similar product. And so that's been hard for us too, because we have seen other people, you know, mimic our branding or packaging or formulas. And so we just have to, you know, keep our heads down and not worry about them and continue to make great products. Because for us, everything is really about longevity and creating products that aren't really trendy, but that are going to be a part of your skincare routine for the another 4, 10, 12 years, however longer. So we are really trying to create core products that you want to buy over and over again. You're listening to the Healthier Together podcast. We love talking about our gut health here on the Healthier Together podcast, which is why I'm so excited to share the life-changing Seed Daily Symbiotic. I actually discovered Seed back when I was working as an editor full-time. A bottle came across my desk, and I was instantly taken by how cute the green glass packaging is. Then I found out that that packaging was actually refillable so that Seed could share its products as sustainably as possible. And then I actually looked into the research behind Seed, and well, I was blown away. First of all, seed is not just a probiotic, it is a symbiotic. That means it contains both pre and probiotics, which is super important. In fact, if you remember my Ask the Doctor Gut Health Edition, we talked about how prebiotics are one of the most important and often underlooked components of great gut health. Let me break it down for you. Probiotics are the live bacteria that are so beneficial to our gut health, but prebiotics are the food that those probiotics need to thrive. If you don't have ample prebiotics, the probiotics you're consuming will be undernourished and not be able to help your health in the way that you want. 
Speaking of your health, there's also a common misconception that probiotics or symbiotics are for people with gut issues, which is so not true. Like, yes, the seed symbiotic is amazing for your gut health, but your gut health impacts everything in your entire body your skin, your mental health, your cardiovascular health, your ability to actually assimilate the maximum amount of nutrients from all that healthy food you're eating, having a happy gut is critical for all of it. It is hard to narrow down everything else that I love about seed. I am extremely particular with my supplements and I don't take many, but seed is just stellar across the board. It's been tested and tested and tested. Seriously, their testing process is bananas to make sure that it has 100% survival through the digestive process, which is so rare. And somehow they do all of that without needing refrigeration, which is very handy. I find that when I have refrigerated probiotics, I just forget about them and they get buried behind like old jars of pasta sauce, whereas I keep these on my bedside table, so I'm reminded to take them every single night. They also contain the 24 strains that are the most scientifically studied to support your whole body's health. I am obviously passionate about this stuff. Taking care of my gut has been a key part of my own anxiety journey, and Seed has been a vital part of that. So feel free to reach out with any questions. And if you like learning about gut health and how probiotics and prebiotics actually function, I highly recommend heading over to Seed.com. They have a whole educational section that breaks down the science behind your microbiome in some of the easiest to understand ways that I have ever seen. And if you'd like to try Seed for yourself and pretty much change your life forever, you can get 15% off your first month's supply of Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic by going to seed.com slash daily dash symbiotic and using the code Liz Moody. Again, that's code Liz Moody on seed.com slash daily dash S-Y-N-B-I-O-T-I-C. Now let's get back to the episode. Do you ever get jealous, like either in a professional realm or in a personal realm? Everybody gets jealous. Like that's a normal human feeling. I don't think there's anyone that could absolutely say I never get jealous of anything either. But I think what we were talking about before as far as like personal relationships and seeing like, oh, I wish I had that. You really don't know what other people are going through. And a lot of other brands, you know, we see news and we see headlines of things that they're doing. And then when we talk to our founder friends, like, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed. Like this thing happened. And we're like, oh, okay. Like we're all going through it. Everything just looks glossy and perfect online. But like all of us are going through different struggles personally and professionally. And so we just have to remember that. And even with us, like it's not easy every day. Like there's so many hard days. There's so many you know, difficulties that you're working through as far as having a business. And yes, jealousy is a normal feeling, but I think we just always have to remember you really don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Do you experience anxiety or anything like that? We talk a lot about anxiety on this podcast because it's been a huge struggle in my life. So I'm always curious how other women are overcoming or dealing with mental health struggles. Yeah. So anxiety was something that I've kind of had a little bit my whole life. And when I was younger, I told my dad, dad, I feel like when I breathe, I can't get air fully in my lungs. And he's like, what do you mean? So he took me to the doctor and the doctor checked my lungs and the doctor's like, okay, your lungs are fine. I'm like, no, like my chest hurts so bad that when I breathe, I can't catch a full breath. Well, you have to think back in the nineties, they weren't, they didn't know how to tell an eight-year-old that they had anxiety. This was not words that we had to describe the feeling that we had. So I went through my whole life thinking like, well, you just can't take a full breath until I was a little bit older and I realized, oh, there are words that go with this feeling that I'm trying to describe. I just didn't have the vocabulary. And so anxiety was always something that kind of like lingered for me. And as I got a little bit older, especially in the 20s, it got worse. And there would be times when 
you know, it hasn't happened in a few years where I would have just like such a bad day where I felt like I couldn't breathe. I couldn't stop crying. I needed someone to sit with me because it was just like the worst feeling ever. If someone's had a panic attack, they know exactly what I'm talking about. And there's nothing you can do to control it. So now I try my best and it's not always avoidable to do the things to not get to that point. So meditation is one of those things. And you know, gut health and caffeine. I know you had an episode recently about gut health too. It's like these things are so important with anxiety. We we don't even realize that the food we eat, what we're watching on TV, the caffeine we put into our body, that all affects gut health, mental health, and all of those things are connected. So I try to avoid as much as possible that will make the anxiety and the anxious feeling worse and know that it's still like there a little bit, but try to do all the things that I can do to help. So I usually try to only have one cup of coffee a day. And if I have more caffeine, I'll have like a matcha or green tea. And then I won't have any more caffeine after 12 or 1. I know if I have like, there's one particular coffee brand that if I have it, it will like instantly give me anxiety. And I just had to stop getting coffee from this place because I don't know, it's like the beans or something. It just does not agree with me. And I would rather be tired than have the feeling that this coffee gives me. And same with like alcohol, like limiting how much I drink each week to make sure that, you know, that makes me feel my best. And then meditating and journaling and doing these things that make me feel good so that I could limit how often that happens. And it hasn't been bad in a long time. It's been a few years since the worst of the days, but it was definitely something that was worse in my 20s. And I just had to figure out the best way for me to manage it the best I could. I agree. And I also do so many of those things and they've made such a huge difference. But then again, it's the managing of the time. I'm like, it could be such a full-time job doing all the things that I need to do to manage my anxiety on a day-to-day basis that sometimes then you get anxious about all the other things you should be doing during that time, you know? I know. It's like a never-ending checklist, but it's like we really do have to take care of ourselves to do all of the things. And so I don't want to go through those feelings again. So if there's things I can do to kind of prevent it as much as possible, I want to try my best. Yeah, it's true. Okay. On the notion of time, do you have one or two maybe time-saving hacks that you could share? So I schedule everything and I believe there is freedom in those boundaries and that schedule. By scheduling as much as I possibly can and trying my closest to live by this schedule, it actually allows me so much more free time, even though it seems like it might be limiting. And so I have certain days of the week where you know, between podcasts, influencer life, summer Fridays work, I batch schedule certain types of jobs per day. And then I schedule out like the times that I'm going to check emails. So instead of just randomly opening my inbox like 20 times a day, which, you know, I used to do, I have chunks of time where I'll spend a fully dedicated hour and then another fully dedicated hour later going through my inbox. So then I'm not trying to do so many things at once. And so that's helped me so much to just schedule everything. And then I even schedule in my time to work out. I schedule my morning routine. I schedule when I'm going to work out. I schedule my lunch, my dinner. I schedule my wind down. And so having that gives me less time to be like, instead of like, oh, what do I have to do today? It's like, no, I can open up my calendar and know exactly what I'm doing. So that really helps. There's another app that I really like and I used it for a little bit and it was just, let me, I have to find it on my phone. And it really, really helped me because I think we think that we're spending our time a certain way. And I think that we think like, oh, I'm working so hard or I'm doing all this or I spend so much time doing that. But in reality, we might not be. And I'm trying to find out. I might have deleted it because I was using it for a while just to kind of get like... Like a gauge of how you were actually spending your time. Yeah, a gauge of how I was spending my time. And when I found that, I was like, oh, 
I actually spend a lot of my time procrastinating. I spend much more time on my phone than I need to be screen time, just like scrolling for fun. And so I did this for a few weeks. I tracked all the out, literally everything I did from my morning routine, work, downtime, procrastinating, eating, working out. And I found that like I looked at it at the end, you could have like a little pie chart and then it separates all of the times that you did. And you can see where the majority of your time is going. And it helped me realign with myself of, okay, I'm looking at this circle of this pie graph. Am I spending the most time doing the things that are giving me like the biggest payoff or happiness or reward in my life? And I'm like, I'm spending too much time scrolling on my phone. And it's hard because I'm scrolling for work, but some of that scrolling is just because I just like genuinely like to like look at social. So I need to cut this down so I can allow more time for these other things. And it gave me so much insight. And so I have to find this for you later and I can send it to you so you can include it. But it was so great to see like how I actually spent my time. And I think a lot of us don't really realize that, especially if you work from home or you're self-employed, like how do you really spend your days? A hundred percent. How do you though? Like I procrastinate so much, even if I'm aware of it, I'm like, I am actively procrastinating right now. I know I should be doing this other thing. How do you get over that hump of procrastination? It's so hard. I'm such a procrastinator. This has been a work in progress for me. It's definitely one of my like downsides of just how I am because I will procrastinate to the end and then I'll work at the very last minute and then I'm just trying to get everything done. So I've tried to read so many books. I've tried to like hack my way through everything and just nothing is helping. But I saw a tip this on TikTok the other day and she said, if you're procrastinating, use this tip. So if you're sitting down doing something and something comes to your mind, you have to go do it that second. So if you're sitting on your couch and like, oh, I should really go clean my bedroom. If that thought comes into your mind, just go clean your room for five, 15 minutes, 25 minutes. Because instead of, so you might catch yourself thinking about doing things. And instead of trying to do it later, I was like, okay, maybe I'll do that. And then another thing, another book I'm reading right now, I was talking about how with procrastinating, if you know something's due in six weeks, why are you going to wait till five weeks and four days to start working on it. If you know that someone's coming on your podcast in two months, you could say, oh, okay, let me just like make a note. And then every time I think of something and when they cross my mind, I'm just going to add something to it. So when I sit down five weeks from today, I'll kind of have things that I've been thinking about for the last five weeks. So when it comes to that point, I don't have to fully start from zero to finish the project. So I am not the best at giving advice about procrastination, but it's definitely something I'm trying my best to work on. I do think that like almost even doing an artificial deadline sometimes works where you're like, I know my actual deadline is here, but I know I also won't do it until absolutely that deadline. My podcast editor yells at me every single week because I'm just like, I got ahead. And then I'm like, "Mm -mm, no, I'm not going to send it to you till an hour before it absolutely cannot be edited anymore. So for my podcast, I have to have everything in on Friday morning at 9am. And what I do now is I set it in my schedule for Tuesdays that I work on everything on Tuesday. So if I start to like work on it on Tuesday, then maybe I finish it Wednesday or Thursday, but at least I'm not starting it Wednesday or Thursday. So I've already blocked out that time for myself because I know every single week it's coming. I have to do it every week. So like, I don't want to push it and do it on Thursday. And then what if happens? something happens Thursday and then I'm late and then they're mad at me. No, it's so true. And I also like the idea of like doing it now because it is true that anytime you're spending being, I should go clean my room is just wasted time because you have to think that thought like five times before you actually do it. It goes along with the lines of like when you come home and you have stuff, just like immediately put it back where it goes versus putting it on the counter and then putting it back where it goes. Like it actually takes less time in the long run. Yes. You're listening to the Healthier Together podcast. If you know me, you know that I am obsessed with tea. 
My desk at work used to have at least 20 different types of tea on it at all times. And my coworkers would stop by and be like, oh, I feel a little bloated or I think I have a cold coming on. And I would give them personalized tea recommendations. Now that I work from home, you can be my new coworkers. I am so excited to share one of my favorite tea brands with you, Peak. Peak's teas are really unique. They're extracted by a cold brew crystallization, a super gentle process that preserves active compounds at maximum potential. One of the things that I love most about it is you just get powdered tea, which means you don't need any bags, which can often contain glues and microplastics or loose leaf brewers, which I love, but I use less often than I like because they're honestly so much work. With Peak, you just pour the tea into your cup and give it a little stir. And even cooler, a lot of their blends can be brewed with cold water in addition to hot. I love their ginger digestion elixir, the mint herbal, and the hibiscus beauty elixir. I am also obsessed with their daily radiance liposomal vitamin C. I took it in the weeks leading up to my surgery and religiously every day after because there are studies that show that vitamin C can help with healing, and I do think it was part of the reason that my recovery was so quick. Liposomal vitamin C has a specific encapsulation process that helps the vitamin C actually be delivered to your cells for maximum bioavailability. I also love vitamin C to support healthy immune function and also to help support glowing skin from the inside out. If you've been following my Instagram journey with caffeine, you might have also seen that I have been experimenting with matcha recently. Peak's Sun Goddess Matcha has long been the matcha that I bought for Zach. It's organic, ceremonial grade, and quadruple toxin screen for purity. Matcha in general is phenomenally good for you. It helps support skin health, digestion, and it provides a gentle, stress-free energy boost because of its L-theanine content. I've actually really been enjoying the Sun Goddess Matcha Lattes that Zach's been making me some mornings. They don't make me feel jittery or anxious like most caffeine does at all. Peak is currently offering an exclusive bundle to take you step-by-step through creating a healthy skin and energy routine, which includes their Sun Goddess Matcha, Peak Glass Beaker, and two limited-time offer bonus gifts, a handheld frother and detox book worth $45 for free. You can also get an additional 5% off on the bundle or anything else on peaktea.com slash Liz Moody using my code Liz Moody. Again, it's peaktea.com, P-I-Q-U-E-T-E-A.com slash Liz Moody with code Liz Moody. I cannot wait for you to try this tea. Now, let's get back to the episode. I want to talk about beauty briefly, and then we're going to do some quick fires, but I would be remiss to not talk about your hair because... Your hair is, I feel like, famous on its own. I feel, do you know, does Pinterest like tell you like, oh, you have the most pinned hair on Pinterest? Yeah, it's very funny that even when I, for myself, so like when I go to get my hair dyed, I'll go through Pinterest and I'll look through like old hair pictures of and myself. And it's you. And it's you <laughs> that I, I show to my stylist. And so it's a very funny thing. And I, I am like, oh, this is so fun. I just didn't even know it was going to like become the thing that it has today. And there's been so many times I've been at the salon and there's someone like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> your picture is my inspo. And so I love it. There's lots of pressure to have good hair. Do you have any hair care secrets for us? I try to wash my hair like two to three times a week. So I try not to wash it too frequently. And I really believe in quality products from your shower to the tools that you use because it really does take really good care of your hair. And I believe the reason why my hair has gotten so healthy and so long and it's in such a good shape is I'm like such a Dyson girl. I like 
love my Dyson like blow dryer and air wrap. I was like one of the first people to like get it when it first came out and I've loved it ever since. And now it's having its like whole moment on TikTok. And I really believe it's worth the money once you figure out how to use it because it has a heat technology that protects your hair as you're blow drying it. So you can blow dry and style it without like damaging. And I used to like love a flat iron and like blow dry my hair until it was like crispy and I could like smell it burning in the bathroom. And now I'm like, okay, I need to take way better care of my hair and tools really help with that. I use hair serums to help with hair growth. So I like this one from Vigamore. There's one from The Ordinary. I use a combination of both of those. There's a hair light that you can get on Amazon. It's pricey, but you only have to buy it one time and it stimulates hair growth. So you could just watch TV and brush your hair with this hair light or there's like a headband option and it just stimulates your scalp. Men can use it too. So you want to like pass it around the whole family. Everyone can use that. I love Olaplex products. So I usually always finish my hair with like an Olaplex leave-in treatment and a little bit of the hair oil because I feel like that like really, really helps just to protect my hair before I put any kind of heat on it. And I usually dye my hair once a year and then I get toners throughout the rest of the year. So I'm really only putting like bleach or like lightening my hair one time a year. So I'm not continuously like damaging it through color. So I I go through phases where like right now it's dark and then it's going to get light soon. And then it'll kind of stay like that to like the fall and then it'll go back light dark again. And it's just like the same cycle every year. Wait, the light, is that like red light therapy for your hair? Yes, it's amazing. My dermatologist actually recommended it to me because she has such a full, thick head of hair. I was like, what are you using? And it's called HairMax. And it comes in like a couple different like options. And a lot of like there's like hair places in Los Angeles where you could like go and they have like heavy duty ones where you just sit underneath of it. But I think a combination of the brush and the hair serums really helped my hair grow so much. Oh, that's so cool. Okay. What about skin? I'm hesitant to make you do this, but do you have like a Holy Grail Summer Fridays product? <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so difficult. I would say like jet lag mask has always been since it's our firstborn. You could use it as a moisturizer, overnight mask. It's just amazing. Uh, we have a brand new light aura eye cream that just came out. It's a vitamin C and peptide eye cream. It like instantly brightens the under eye. It wears so well under makeup. It's amazing. And oh, it's so hard to pick. And we have really, really good products coming out this year. And each one is just like, I'm so obsessed with the The next one that's coming out in like a few weeks. I just ran out of like one of the bottles that I had. And I was like telling somebody, I was like, I need a whole shipment. Somebody send these to me because I cannot live without this product. So I just get so excited when we launch something and people love it as much as we do because we are so obsessed with each of them. We just like hope everybody else is also. And so it's so fun to see how people use it. And it's just like the best feeling. Are there any non-product related things that have made like a big difference in your skin? Washing your face morning and night, I mean, that's really, really helpful. Like, I ever want to be like, I used to be like so lazy in my 20s where I'm like, oh, I'm tired. Like, I don't want to take my makeup off. Really taking it off too, like once you get home, because, you know, like a little later in the day, I guess you get a little bit lazy and you maybe don't want to do your full skincare routine. So, a lot of times, like if I just get home, even if it's like six o'clock and I'm not getting ready for bed, yeah, I'll just wash my face, make sure I like remove like my sunscreen and any makeup that I'm wearing and just do like a simple skincare routine just to cleanse my face when I get home. Wearing sunscreen screen every single day is so important. So like I have some dark spots or hyperpigmentation. So I'll use serums. Like we have a vitamin C serum that helps to lighten those spots. But if I'm not wearing sunscreen to protect my face when I go out, those spots are just going to continue to get darker. So wearing sunscreen, I wear hats when I go out for walks because now I'm like, okay, I'm getting a little bit older. I need to like make sure to like really protect myself from the sun when I go out. And then for me, like stress 
is a big thing. So either if I'm on my period or I'm really stressed out, it shows in my face. So I'll get like a blemish or a breakout or my cheeks get really flush red depending if I eat certain foods. And so I'll have like redness. It's the weirdest like thing in my face where I like eat certain things and I'm like, oh my gosh, then it stays like that for so long. And so I just have to be really mindful about the things I put into my body because it really does show up kind of everywhere and I have really sensitive skin on my body as well. So if I'll use a product or eat a certain food or go to a certain climate, I'll have a rash on like my arms or my legs. And so I just have to be mindful of like where I go. And if it's really cold, make sure I use a lot of body lotion or ask for a humidifier. Do you do any treatments like at a dermatologist or plastic surgeon, like um, lasers or things like that? Yeah. So I get PRP done um, at Dr. Jason Diamond in Beverly Hills. He's amazing. And then he does a combination of like PRP with lasers, but I hadn't got it before. And I actually just got the PRP with laser for the first time last week. So he does like a clear and brilliant laser with it. So my face is in a process right now where some of it's kind of smooth. Some of it feels a little sandpapery still. So it was the very first time. And so I had a good experience with it. It wasn't like any downtime. I just had to like stay out of the sun for the weekend and we'll see. So I've done PRP a few times, which is really interesting. It's where they take your blood, they spin it, they microdermabrasion, and then they like put it back into your face, mix it with like some other stuff and it helps like promote collagen and do these other things. So trying ones, but he has a lot of amazing other lasers. I'm like, okay, what what else is there here? What about how to dress cute? You always look really cute. And my struggle is always like I want to dress cute, but I also want to be comfortable so I can like walk places, especially like when you're traveling and stuff like that. So I'm curious if you found a way to split the difference between those two things. I love to be comfortable. Like I think I describe my style as like California, like casual, like to be cute for the weather and stuff here. And like, because I end up like taking content or like meeting people, I want to be dressed cute, but I always want to be comfortable like first and foremost. And I always want to be in fabrics that like make me feel good where I don't feel uncomfortable and things I want to wear over and over again. So the reason why I usually dress in like this same color palette is so I can get the most amount of options and outfits out of the the clothes that I have. A couple of good things is like buy sets. Sets are like the easiest thing to wear. So there's so many comfortable sets, like a silk set that's like a pajama top looking shirt and silk pants. You're literally going to be out in like pajamas, but you look so chic. You can wear them with flats during the day. You can wear them for heels for something at night. And it just looks so put together. It's great to take on vacation if you're going out to dinner. It's like such a good, simple outfit. Then you can mix and match the top or the pants with something else. I also love a knit set. So like knit pants with like a little like cropped sweater or like a knit cardigan or something. It's so easy to wear and you just like look like really cute in a monochrome outfit, but it's so comfortable because it's literally like pajamas outside. And I love a good pair of denim. I'm petite. So I always get my denim um, tailored just to, like fit me right. Investing in a good pair of denim that like fit you right, that like you're comfortable in, that can kind of go with everything. You can make so many different outfits out of like a good pair of jeans that fit really well. And if you're petite, Abercrombie has an amazing petite denim assortment and their jeans are all like under $100. A lot of them are usually on sale. You can get them like $59, $69, $79. And I love their denim. How tall are you? I'm five, one and a half. Oh my gosh, I'm five, one and a half. Well, there you go, Abercrombie. You get some That's jeans. That's so <laughs> fun. Does everybody, when they meet you, be like, wow, I thought you were so much taller? Yeah, I actually yeah. don't think of myself as short. So, I don't either. Yeah, like in my <laughs> mind, I'm not a short person. And so maybe that side too, because I just like think of myself as being like normal height, I guess, whatever normal height is. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a petite girl. Then I see myself in pictures and I'm like, oh my God, is that what I look like to everybody? It's like horrifying. Yeah. And my mom is smaller than me. She's like four nine. My best friend is like five foot something. She's like the same. She, she's five two. She's the same height as me. So a lot of the other people in my life are like very petite too. So I think we're just all together like small people. So we don't even really think about it. 
Wait, do you have a secret for wearing heels? Because as a short person, they're my absolute nemesis. Like I know I should be wearing them, but they also hurt so bad. Oh, you have to find a pair of shoes that work for you. So like get a comfortable pair of shoes because if they're uncomfortable when you first try them on, you're never going to wear them. One of my favorite shoes is Schutz, S-C-H-U-T-Z. They have an Ariella shoe. It's a clear shoe. It is so comfortable. They usually have them on like Shop Bob or Revolve. They come in black and tan. Being petite, wearing a clear shoe just like really helps to elongate your legs. This pair of clear shoes goes with everything. So you can wear them with like basically any outfit because they match everything since they're just like clear and nude. And they're so comfortable. I can wear them for so long and they make me look a lot taller. So it's the Shoots Ariella shoe. Okay. I'm literally going to go buy them when we are finished recording this podcast. All right. Some quick fires for you. What is your favorite thing that you've learned from hosting your podcast? Oh, my morning routine. Like just the importance of having one? Yeah. The importance of having a morning routine and then batch doing like my days. So morning routine came from so many people. And then Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, she told me about how she batches her days for each task and Emma Greed from Good American and Skims. And so between the two of them, they have helped me so much. What's one tip for anybody who wants to be an entrepreneur? Just start because you never know where it will lead you. There's always going to be things that stand in your way and like no time is perfect. So if you really want to do something, just begin and one thing will lead you to the next thing. What's one tip for anybody who wants to be an influencer? Same thing is just to start. I think TikTok is probably the best place right now because there's so much chance to go viral and it doesn't matter if you only have one follower. All you need is a video to go viral and then continue to do that. And you can really gain following so quickly, so much faster than Instagram. If you have 20 minutes a day, what do you think is the best way to spend it in terms of living a healthier or happier life? Ooh, I think you have to figure out whatever makes you happy and healthy. Like for everybody, it's so different. For me, it would be going outside for a walk by the ocean. And while I'm doing that, because I'm moving my body, I'm in the sun, I'm outside, I'm visually seeing somewhere that makes me happy. And then while I'm doing it, I'm usually calling my mom or dad or somebody on the phone so I can connect with somebody at the same time. So I'm like multitasking, doing so many things at once. And every time I finish this walk, I'm in such a good mood. I love that. I love that you're calling people too. I think that Sometimes we're like, oh, I like don't have time to connect with people, but we actually do miss out on those little pockets of time that we can be connecting with important people in our lives. Yeah, I like actually really enjoy talking to my parents on the phone. Like we sometimes we're not even talking about anything. We're just like catching up. And so it's like the other day I was in the car and I talked to my mom on the phone for 40 minutes and I don't even remember what we were talking about. We were just talking about anything and everything. And sometimes when you text, there's not enough context to just have a natural conversation. And so talking on the phone, I think allows, you know, to be able to talk about more. What's a purchase that you've recently made that's made you healthier or happier? Oh, healthier or happier. It's not a recent purchase, but I just upgraded it to the new Aura Ring. They have, there's like the new version that you could wear day or night. And it's made me healthier because tracking my sleep really does make such a big difference for like having enough energy during the day. And that's part of like my whole evening routine. So I've always had an Aura Ring, but I just got the new one. So that, that one probably. I love it. And I also think it's so fun because you can do these little experiments on yourself. Like I did one recently where I wore, have you heard the thing where like if your eyelids aren't allowed to flutter, you don't get REM sleep, which is why there's those like eye masks that look kind of like bras. I wore an eye mask that like held my eyelids down and I got no REM sleep that night. 
And I was like, oh my God, it's so fascinating because I always say your eyelids need to flutter to get REM sleep. But then using my aura, I could see that happen in practice. Interesting. It's, it's like fascinating. And you can see how alcohol impacts stuff. You can see how reading or not reading before you like being on your phone before you go to bed versus reading is such a huge difference. And I just think it's so fascinating to actually have that that data. I know? love it. It's so cool. Okay. What is somewhere in the world where you've traveled, where you're like the people who live here really got it right in terms of living a healthier, happy life? Bali. When I went there, everyone was so happy and so kind and the lifestyle and the food and I just loved it. And then can you end us on what's one big mistake you've made, maybe something that you've learned or grown from, and then what's something that you really feel like you got right? You're like, I nailed this. Ooh, a big mistake. I would say a mistake is like, I wish that when I thought of things, I would have just jumped on it the second that it happened. And sometimes, you know, with Summer Fridays, I did that. And so with Summer Fridays, we were like, okay, like we have this idea, like, let's just like start on it. But there were so many other times in my life where I was waiting for this perfect moment and the perfect moment never came. And I kept delaying something that I eventually was going to do anyway. So I could have wasted less time by just doing it. And one of the biggest, uh, sorry, what was the second question? Something that you nailed, something you really got right. Oh, something I really got right was, something I really got right was putting myself out there on social media. And it's funny because I think on TikTok now I see like all these people say like, oh, my friends think it's so cringy that I want to be an influencer. And I'm like, I don't know why it's cringy or like why if you love something and you want to put yourself out there why it matters. And so if you want to be an influencer or start a business, like don't be shy about putting yourself out there because had I not done that for myself or listened to other people or been shy or embarrassed, I wouldn't be where I am today in my career. And thankfully because of social, I have the career and the business that I do today. And so I'm so happy that I wasn't shy and just did it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat today. You share so much wisdom all of the time and this was no exception and I massively appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you loved this episode with Mariana. Remember to tag us both on Instagram with any thoughts, reactions, things that you're trying. She is at Mariana underscore Hewitt and I'm at Liz Moody. And if there's anybody in your life that you think would find value from anything that Mariana shared, please, please, please share this episode with them. I would appreciate it. They would appreciate it. You guys can discuss it together later. It's a win, win, win all around. And if you love this episode, I would so appreciate a quick rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You know, Spotify is doing ratings and reviews now, so that's very exciting. You can do it on both platforms. It takes less than a minute. It's massively appreciated. I'm trying to hit 2,000 reviews on Apple Podcasts, so anybody out there helping me get to that goal, I see your new reviews every single day. I read them all. I massively appreciate them. And if you are new here, if somebody sent you this episode or you clicked on a link on Instagram, welcome to the family. I am so glad that you're here. Definitely explore the archives. We have so many good episodes and make sure that you are subscribed or following on whatever podcast platform that you listen on because we have so many good episodes coming out and you do not want to miss them. All right. I will see you next week on the next episode of the Healthier Together podcast. I have been looking for a quality fish oil to take myself and recommend to you for years, and I genuinely couldn't find one that met my quality standards. And then I kept hearing from doctors on the pod about how important it was for our brains and our hearts, even dermatologists who said it makes a huge difference for our skin, and I was like, okay, I truly need to figure this out. Then I found O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil from Puri. 
The brand was literally created because the founder ran into the same problem as me. He couldn't find anything truly pure enough to take daily. Puri believes in full transparency with all of their products. Every single batch is third-party tested by the Clean Label Project and IFOS, which tests fish oils looking for the highest quality, safety, and purity standards in the world against more than 200 contaminants, heavy metals, pesticides, glyphosate, dioxins, and bisphenols, to name a few, and they always receive a 5 out of 5 star rating. Every Puri bottle actually comes with a QR code so you can scan and see the results for yourself. This is well above the standards of any other fish oil I've found, which is so important to me because if I am consuming something for my health, I don't want it to actually be causing harm. Puri's fish oil is so fresh, you'll never get any gross fishy burps because every batch is tested to make sure it hasn't oxidized and gone rancid. And yes, that is where those burps come from. Do not just take my word. With Puri, you can find actual data behind every single batch, which makes Puri a supplement brand that you can trust. Right now, Puri is offering my listeners 20% off their O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil and all of their great products. Go to my special URL, puri.com slash Liz Moody, and use my promo code Liz Moody. This even applies to the already discounted subscriptions. You will get almost a third off the price. Go to puri.com slash L-I-Z M-O-O-D-Y. Do not wait. Use promo code Liz Moody at P-U-O-R-I dot com slash Liz Moody.